pretty soggy one at that, but it's great to be with you. Always great to come together to worship God. And we're thankful for all of you and uh, some visitors that we have among us. And we want you to feel welcome so that you'll come back and, and be with us. Hope that you have enjoyed the Thanksgiving holiday and have stopped to give thanks to the fount of every blessing. And it's good to stop every day and count our blessings, especially in a world that is filled with so much uncertainty. We live in an uncertain world. And what we're studying on occasion is how should we respond to that? What is God's will for us? How do we live confidently in such an uncertain world that's not only uncertain, it's very divisive and even destructive. There's war going on in our world. There, is, there are problems on a national, global, but even an individual level. And so how do we live confidently in uncertain times? One thing that God's word instructs us to do, how to respond even in difficult times, is to stay or be constructive. Be constructive. There's a Bible word that's used, <clears throat> the verb form, some 39 times in the New Testament. And the word is given to Christians, how we're to live in an uncertain world. And the world is translated edify or edification. It literally means building a house. In fact, it's used sometimes in referring to building a house from the foundation up. Here's an example, Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. That foundation, the foundation of Jesus. And so there the picture is building a house literally from the foundation up. And underscoring how our foundation, the foundation for our lives needs to be on Jesus. But it also, this word is used to describe repairing or restoring a building. In fact, metaphorically, it's used in, in this verb form of Again, a response that God wants from us, and that is to build up one another. By definition, it means we're to, to promote growth in one another, in Christian wisdom, affection, grace, virtue, holiness, and blessedness, as one dictionary states it, Bible dictionary. This usage of this word edification or edify means to build up, to build one another up. In uncertain times, what does God want from us? He wants us to be constructive, not destructive. We see that in so many ways around us. But he wants us, his people, to be constructive. So how do we go about doing that? How do we come, become better builders, better edifiers? Think with me for a few moments as we seek to answer that question. Here are some things we learned from Scripture. Edification is not about you, it's about others. Edification is about others. Because what we find in the, in the New Testament, as far as instruction to Christians, to members of the church of Christ, the members of the body of Christ, in our relationships with one another, it's more about others than it is about us. Notice this passage, 1 Corinthians 10, 24. Let no one seek his own, 
but each one the other's well-being. So don't be self-centered, focused on yourself. Think about others. Think about others. Seek the best interests of others. These are challenging words for the me generation. I read that statement, so I said, okay, who's the me generation? And I looked it up, and that's a direct reference to what's called the baby boomer generation. Um, for some qualities that many soci so sociologists have found in that generation. However, I want to suggest this. The me generation really could suit any generation. Because the problem with us and the problem with, with us as individuals is selfishness. It's being self-focused instead of focused on others. But in, in the Word of God, as we find instructions for how we're to live in, uncertain, in an uncertain world, we always find it's we over me. Think in terms of we over me. Here's one of the uses of that word edification or edify. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, this is from the English Standard Version. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Your translation, New King James, in fact, has the word edify. Edify one another. It means, here's this idea, we're building one another up. I read, a, I read about a group of women that had met for dinner. And one of the ladies in this group of friends had, been, had just gotten back from a trip to Europe. Another of the group of friends was a stay-at-home mom. And on this occasion, she was rather low because she hadn't been to Europe. She couldn't go anywhere because she was taking care of small children at home. And she was rather depressed that particular evening. Well, this friend, other friend who had just returned from Europe, knew that about her and wanted to build her up. And so she presented her with a book. It was a book about the great cathedrals in Europe. And as this stay-at-home mom opened up the book, she found these words inscribed by her friend. With admiration for the greatness of what you are building when only God sees. And there was a message there. And as this stay-at-home mom took the book and began to read it, she read about a, a visitor who was visiting one of these great cathedrals as it was being built. And this visitor noticed this workman working on a beam in the, the ceiling uh, that was going to be covered by the roof. And he was working on carving a small bird in that beam. And the visitor asked this workman, why are you spending so much time and tedious detail working on that little bird in that beam that's going to be covered by the roof and no one is going to be able to see it? He kept working, but he said this, because God sees. Because God sees. This um, woman, mother, who was rather depressed, began to think about all the things that she did that nobody ever saw in taking care of her family. And then she took this message to heart that her friend had given her in admiration for the greatness of what you're building when only God sees. And she was encouraged. 
And she knew that was exactly the intent of her friend in giving her this gift was to encourage her in those things that were difficult in her life. And she couldn't do things that others might be able to because she was busy caring for her family. But she was reaffirmed, God sees, God cares about what I'm doing. I thought about this phrase, and I want to make some application to our church family this morning. There's some groups that I want to, I want you to take this message to heart. With admiration for the greatness of what you're building, when only God sees. And the first group I want to address are you servants. You servants who serve, even when no one is looking. There are things that happen in the work of the Creekwood Church that no one knows about because they're, they're completed by people who see a need and they, and they feel it. And I want to remind you and I want you to be encouraged to know that God sees and he loves it when we serve him by serving others. So thank you for serving, even if you're not recognized. Thank you for serving. Be encouraged. I want to take the time to thank our Meals on Wheels workers. As you know, the pandemic shut us down, but about a year ago, this November, this month, we began uh, serving meals again just on one day a week on Tuesdays. And that crew has been working together. And if you go back there on Tuesday mornings, it seems like they're not working. They're having fun. They're having fun. And the drivers are the one that gets all the compliments for the delicious meals. And, and all the, they hear all the expressions of appreciation for, for the delicious meals and how helpful they are. I could tell you about a family. That are so delighted to see, see it when a driver of Meals on Wheels comes in. It's almost as if they haven't had a good meal since last Tuesday. And they are so deeply appreciated. And I hope I didn't leave anyone out. I tried to work hard. I started in the kitchen, worked my way out. And I even included in this list of names some that, that we call on to fill in when one of our drivers can't, can't deliver. And it's, a, it's a, a work of a team that enjoys serving together. And I want to let you know your work is appreciated and God is glorified by how you're serving people. I also want to recognize parents. Parents of small children or children of all ages. Uh, I've seen personally some, some parents wrestle with their small children and I happen to know even from my own wife telling me when our children were young, sometimes I don't know why I bring them with me to church. I thought I'd hear a lot of amens on that one. But I want you to know you're teaching your children, even at a young age, the importance of coming together to worship God. So the work that you put in to, to, have, to get them up early, get them dressed and redressed and whatever else it takes to get them here and you're trying to keep them quiet because you don't want to disturb any other people. I want you to hear it from this preacher grandpa 
I don't mind the crying. I don't mind the fussing because they're here. They're here. You parents are to be commended for training up your children in the way they should go because you want them to go to heaven and you're teaching them that from a young age. So be encouraged. Be edified. Be built up because you're doing a great work. You see, this work of edification is not about, it's not about you. It's about others and what you can do to build others up. Number two, edification is not about what you profess. It's about what you pursue. It's about what you pursue. You see, building is long and deliberate work. But destruction is the work of a thoughtless moment. If you've ever been involved in a remodel of a home, and thanks to some dear friends of ours uh, who basically led us through a remodel of part of our house, I know firsthand of some things that, that can happen. And I was involved in the demolition, and that's kind of fun, you know it? It doesn't take a lot of brain power just knowing which wall to hit and which one not to hit, and... And, and, it's, and it's amazing how quickly that process went. And then you see, you see the, uh, the studs and the walls and all that, and you're thinking, oh boy, now comes the real difficult, tedious part. And it is difficult and tedious. It takes a lot of thought. It's the more difficult work. So is building up people. So is building up people. People. But listen to this instruction, Romans 14, 19. Therefore, let us pursue, you see that word? Let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify or build up another. Pursue, that's an active word, isn't it? It's not something that happens by, by accident, it's intentional. Pursue the things which make for peace and pursue the things that build others up so we've got to be intentional we have to it's easy to 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 say something or to do something that will destroy demolition is the easy part but the difficult part and the thing that we're to pursue is building one another up and when we're focused on building others up that means we're going to watch out for the things that will mitigate against that I found it in, in, interesting and instructive that the Apostle Paul told Timothy, a young preacher, not to give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. He's telling Timothy, is he not, don't waste your time on things, on these silly disputes, these fables, these myths, that all that, that is accomplished from that is division and debate, senseless debate. So stay away from those things that aren't going to edify and build up one another. Silly arguments about inconsequential things, squabbles, gossip, things like that, things that divide. If we're going to be focused and pursue those things that build up others, there are going to be some things we want to stay way away from like these. I found this poem that I thought was very instructional as well. 
I saw them tearing a building down, a group of men in a busy town. With hefty blow and lusty yell, they swung with zest, and a sidewall fell. Ask of the foreman, are these men skilled? The kind you would hire if you had to build? He looked at me and laughed, no, indeed. Unskilled labor is all I need. Why, why they can reckon a day or two what it has taken builders years to do. I asked myself as I went my way, which of these roles have I tried to play? Am I a builder with rule and square, measuring and constructing with skill and care? Or am I the wrecker who walks the town content with the business of tearing down? Ask yourself, am I a builder or am I a wrecker? Which do, do I need to be? Number three, edification is not about how much you know, it's about how much you care. Listen to this passage, 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. I like to consult other translations to see how, how these words are translated. Here's from the New American Standard. Knowledge makes one conceited, but love edifies or builds up people. NIV states it like this. Knowledge puffs up while love builds up. You see, we can know a lot and still not be accomplishing God's will. Let me take you to the chapter on love, 1 Corinthians 13. Notice what Paul says about knowledge. Though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. I can know everything, folks, everything. But if I don't have love, God says I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Edification is not about what you know. It's about how much you care. Guys, husbands, I'm told we need to, to learn this if we haven't already. Sometimes our wives, they don't want us to fix it. They just want us to listen. Have you ever been hurting over something and someone wanted to give you a detailed advice list? This is how you fix it. When all you wanted was someone just to hear you and to care. Those in pain often need consolation, not information. Consolation, comfort, not information. That's not to minimize doctrine, instruction. That'll always be absolutely necessary. But it's also essential that we learn that edification, building others up, is not just a matter of knowing the right thing, but that person knowing that we love them dearly. Because knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Number four, edification 
is not about your abilities, it's about your actions. It's not about your abilities, it's about your actions. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, those three chapters were written by the Apostle Paul by inspiration to correct the abuse of miraculous spiritual gifts that existed in that church in Corinth in the first century. Many of the Christians were enamored with these gifts, and they were amazing, miraculous spiritual gifts. But many of them were focused on the more showy gifts, like the ability to speak in tongues, the ability to speak in, in a language that you had never studied before. And in that regulation about the proper use of those miraculous spiritual gifts, Paul over and over will say things like this. So you too, since you are eager to possess spiritual gifts, strive to excel for the edification of the church. Strive to excel in the building up of the church. What's his message? His message is that the gift that you're given isn't what's most important. That gift is to be used to build up the church. It's not to be, it was not given to you to be used selfishly to, to get everybody to look at you, to, to praise you. Your gift was given to build, up, to build up the church. It's not about your miraculous ability. It's about what you do with it. Spiritual gifts, one writer said, are not like Christmas or birthday gifts intended for private enjoyment. Therefore, the express purpose of building up fellow believers. And I want to show you another list in Romans chapter 12. I like to call them grace gifts because these gifts aren't necessarily miraculous. There's only one that you could debate with about the miraculous nature of, and that's prophecy. But I'll remind you, prophecy, biblically speaking can be foretelling, just communicating the word and the will of God and not foretelling the future. So if you look at it in the sense of a non-miraculous gift, if you look at this list of gifts in light of their presence in the church today, what is Paul communicating? Listen and read with me. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. What's his emphasis? His emphasis is not on which gift do you have. His emphasis is on whatever gift you have, use it. That's the message. Use it. It's not about your ability. It's about your action. What are you going to do with what I've given you? 1 Peter 4 echoes this very sentiment. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Does that sound like a selfish benefit? Absolutely not. Use your gift to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength God provides. 
so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And the amen is on that fact. Whatever God has entrusted to you, use it to his glory by serving others. We go back to 1 Corinthians 14. He sent Paul ends this, this instruction about the proper use of miraculous spiritual gifts in that time. He said, let all things be done for edification. Let all things be done for the building up of the body of Christ, the building up of your fellow Christians. I want to conclude with Ecclesiastes 3. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal. Notice this, a time to break down and a time to build up. There is a time to break down. When we are in sin, we need to be broken by that sin. And we're aware of what it does to the heart of God and what it did to Jesus, God's Son. We need to be broken by that. When we are filled with pride, we need to be humble. There is a time to, to break down. But there's also a time to build up. To those broken by their sin, they need to know the good news that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and for mine. And that we don't have to be defeated and, and think that it's fatal that we've messed up because Jesus shed his blood on the cross so that we can have that forgiveness. And he wants to build us up in the knowledge that when we obey the gospel, those sins are washed away, we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We stand righteous in the sight of God. And then as we continue to walk in the light as he is in the light, then the blood of Jesus' his son continues to cleanse us from our sin. If that doesn't build you up, I don't know what can. There's a time to break down. And there's a time to build up. And folks, in a world filled with division and destructive and negative thoughts... God is calling his people to be constructive. To be constructive. Especially in our relationships with one another. But especially as we reach out to other people. We have a constructive message. Yes, we have to be convicted before we can be converted. Yes, we have to, to have that sense of brokenness by our sin before we can ever look for a savior. But the good news is that Savior and His precious blood saves even today. And that message we need to communicate. And we also need to engage in the mission of God to build others up to what God wants us all to be. And that is simply this, to be more and more like Jesus, His Son. Our prayer is that if you're broken this morning, that you'll hear the good news of Jesus. 
If you're ready to respond to have your sins washed away by the blood of Jesus, as you turn from those sins, as, as you confess Jesus even before this assembly, and you're baptized into Christ by the authority of God's word, your sins will be washed away. You'll stand cleansed in the sight of God. Somebody may need to know that and experience that even today. Perhaps you're broken by circumstances or challenges in your life. One of the ways that we can edify, build up one another is by praying for one another. So if you have a burden that you want to share from your heart, we're here to listen and we're here to pray. If you're subject to the invitation of Jesus, please come right now as we stand and sing.